Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. So for the listeners out there, I'm on with Ryan DeBell from The Movement Fix. Uh, Ryan, can you give us a little story, a little history of what is The Movement Fix and who is Ryan DeBell? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, well, The Movement Fix has gone through many evolutions and it continues to evolve, but it originally started out as just my uh, blog when I had a clinic that was named something different. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as my blog grew, a lot of people didn't even know the name of my clinic. They just knew the name of my blog. So then I, so then I rebranded everything that I was doing as the movement fix. Tells you the power of marketing, right? <laughs> yeah. People, they would come in and be like, I didn't know your clinic name. So I just typed in Ryan, the movement fix. And I went, well, I should probably just name everything that right now. <laughs> so, then I, so then I renamed my whole business to the movement fix. Um, and that is subsequently transformed into more of like, I would say a fitness and health education company than a clinic, which was really my, my original intention was just to have a clinic, but it, it transformed as things just naturally unfolded. And then wow. myself. So, um, I, uh, I went to business school at the university of Washington where I studied management of information systems and technology. And then I got, um, I didn't really want to go into the, like the job roles that that was going to lead me to. So I decided to go to chiropractic school. Um, primarily, Where'd you go? I yeah. went to the University of Western States in Portland. Cool. Um, and a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you choose that over, let's say, medical school or PT? And as I reflect on myself, I think it's because I always, want, I always, from a young age, wanted to do things that were, like, not the norm. And so that's probably what led me to, like, the field that was, like, the least, I guess, quote-unquote, normal, let's say, between those three options. Um, Which is probably also why you went in Portland, because you it's about as least normal of a city that other <laughs> colleges offered in, right? Well, I actually went there just because it was closest one to Seattle. I didn't even apply anywhere else. I didn't even look at uh, I just went to the closest one. I didn't even do any research. I was like, okay, I'll just go here. Um, so then, uh, so then I went there, got my doctor of chiropr- doctorate in chiropractic medicine. And then, um, I also got a master's degree in exercise science. And then upon graduating, I moved back to Seattle and then opened up my clinic, which was a process that took like seven to eight months. That was not called the movement fix. That was not. It was just a generic name, and then, um, and then transformed that into the movement fix. And sub, and then like I've also done some additional things like health fit business, which is a um, like a I guess you could call it a joint venture with my friend uh, Dr. Anthony Gustin, who I went to school with. Who um, he and I made that pot. It's a podcast. And we also have online courses and a book that we did. But it's basically to like help educate healthcare and fitness professionals on business principles Very Primar- cool. primarily on scaling beyond yourself, which, which typically is the hardest thing for people is how do they, how do they scale beyond their own time? Yeah. Well, if we have time today, I certainly like to get into that because you know, this podcast is aimed at, at folks who have a clinic or adding a gym or adding yeah. a level of complexity, but also they're going to take on some employees are going to, you know, be building a team. Right. They're going to have to cast their vision. And those are all things that I'm sure you guys, uh, you guys address because there's really no way to explode in growth unless you, you handle some basic business parts, right? Yeah. And also just to realize that, um, 
you know, you can multiply your time using money. So like, I like that. Say that again. You can multiply your time using money. And what I mean by that is, let's say like you only have 24 hours a day, but if you can pay somebody and use money, you could, you could get another 24, not 24 hours a day, but you can get another eight hours a day by paying someone. And so the more that you do that, the more revenue that you have, which then is, allows you to like have more people working for you. So then you can essentially multiply your time using resources that you gather. Um, yeah. So that's what I mean by that. Fantastic. And, and that, that company is called what? Health Fit Business? Health Fit that? Business. Yeah. Cool. So we have, a, we have a podcast. There's like 56 episodes or 57 episodes um, that are 15 minutes in length with just quick little tidbits of information. Fantastic. Well, yeah. let's go back to the movement fix because that's uh-huh. where I, I first heard about you. That's where I first virtually met you. Uh, <laughs> you know, in a, not a real relationship, just a podcast-based relationship, right? Yes, but yes. I feel like I know you. Uh, <laughs> do you get that, by the way? Do you get that a lot of people go, oh my God, you're Ryan DeBell and, you know, they... they uh, it depends where I am. Okay. Um, you're a hero. You're a hero if the niche is small enough, right? Like if you... Yeah. If you, and, then I, and then I just remind them that I'm just a regular person who made videos in his garage for a while. <laughs> well, hey, Steve Jobs started in his garage, so the future's yeah. bright for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, I'm just in. A, I just make videos. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> now the movement fix. Uh, you, you know, again, we have a virtual relationship, and yeah. this is the first time we've actually talked in person, uh-huh. but uh, or as close to person as we can. Yeah. But it seems like you are of the same. You know, I love to put myself in this group, but you're really kind of pushing the edge of the envelope of what is the new version of chiropractic? What are, what are chiropractors delivering to their patients in this modern, I mean, really a kind of brand or a, a flavor that's developed, I, I think, really in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, would you say that's pretty much true? Yeah. And I think it needs to continue developing in order for the profession to survive. Hallelujah, brother. Preach, preach. Yeah, like, absolutely. It has to happen that way. And I just don't see any other in school, like chiropractic students and new graduates who take my course. Um, and there's so many that are coming into the field with that viewpoint uh, that it's really, it's a really good thing. And it makes me happy. Yeah. And I hope to continue to be like a, someone who's willing to like put myself out there and be like, I just don't believe in what, people used to believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I, you know, I graduated, I don't know how long uh, you've been in practice. I graduated about 11 years ago uh-huh. and I, I was telling somebody, you know, back then it wasn't a necessity to have a soft tissue tool like a, you uh-huh. know, Graston or ART or FRC or whatever you're using. And now it seems like it's a necessity. And I hope that in another couple of years, it's a necessity to have a soft tissue chiropractic adjustment and great rehab skills, you know, like, yeah, Actual. that's probably that's probably the progression. It'll be like it used to just be joint manipulation, then joint manipulation plus soft tissue treatment, and then joint manipulation plus soft tissue treatment plus exercise, and then certain things will be like if you think about those three, like if you think about it like an equalizer, mm-hmm. you know, you could look at the levels of those three things. I'm sure that over time it will be weighted more and more toward the rehab side of things, and less and less towards the hands on. Like, I just that becomes clear to me all the time that, that that seems like the way it has to happen. Yeah. And it's funny because the physical therapists, I think there are a lot of great physical therapists out there. They had the great rehab, um, yeah. you know, level you're saying, but they are backfilling it with, they need some uh, manipulation techniques. Yeah. I think that, you know, each profession has their strengths and um, in a chiropractic program, there's a lot of hands on, there's a lot of hands on work and that, that just takes mm-hmm. time and, 
you know, reps of doing that. So I think that yeah. that's certainly a strength of students coming out. Yeah. Well, I love the, I love the, yeah, I love the fact that you're interested in the profession moving forward because I, I certainly am. And that's why we have this podcast is to, you know, I, I really only work, want to work with the greatest of the clinicians out there. Mm-hmm. Are there any other trends you're seeing besides that kind of bringing in the rehab and soft tissue work? Any other trends that you see pushing the profession forward going on right now? Oh gosh. Um, I think that's really the thing that I see the most. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And can you kind of talk about now, let's talk from a business sense. So these, uh-huh. these only works if you have a really healthy business, right? If you have a clinic that closes it, you can be the greatest provider in the world. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, what do you see going on on that side? Cause I know you have that, that additional kind of offering you have over there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the, the hardest thing for any business currently in the healthcare field is just the uncertainty of health insurance. Like they're just, they keep changing the rules. Um, so I think figuring out like, <sighs> I mean, I don't know that there's an answer to that like even hospitals are struggling because the, mm-hmm. when the rules change and you don't know what the reimbursement rate is going to be, it's hard to really do the math. Um, but I think figuring out how, how can you, so it really comes down to how can you provide so much value to the patient that the value outweighs the expense for them. So if you're providing something that's worth a hundred dollars to them and they're paying $80 like that, just by laws of like economics and incentives basically would drive them to want to pay for that. So, you know, how can you think about how do we provide the best service? How do we provide something that's so valuable to them that it's not like, ah, that seems like a lot. And then, you know, if their coverage is not as good as they, you know, everyone would hope for, they still will come because the, because the, um, the service is so good. Right. Back in the days of the $5 copay, it was okay to just do a manipulation and then send them on their way. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Now, now it's just not that way. It's like you, so you have to think about like, as soon as they, every interaction with your business and you know, every time they step foot in the business or how, you know, whatever ways they interact, like, those all need to be really good. And, yeah. and the service provided has to be really good and efficient you know, because people don't want to come in and like sit around for 30 minutes when it could be done in 15 minutes. And I think that a lot of times, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to give them, I want to give my patients more time. It's like, yeah, but you know what? They're busy too. And maybe they don't want to be there for 30 minutes. Like everyone thinks that like, I'm going to make my appointments really long. <laughs> yeah, but if they're busy, they have kids, you know, they got stuff to do. Maybe they don't want that. It's like, hey, can you just show me what to do in the 15 minutes that I'm here and then I'll go do it on my own? And right. Especially, I think, coming out of school, there's that mindset of like more time is more valuable to them. Well, unless they're not busy at all, but if they're busy, they're not going to want to be there for that long. And you certainly don't want to have the perception that you're just taking, you know, that you're taking their time because, right. you know, the value to them may be, like you're saying, a very efficient schedule. Maybe value yeah. is in and out in 12 minutes because I need to, you know, I'm, I'm going in between dropping my kids off and, you know, picking up my other kid. Yeah, exactly. So like being long winded just for the sake of your own thought that more time is better isn't necessarily true. Yeah. So thinking What's, about like, yeah, who, you know, who, who's my demographic that I'm working with? Yeah. One of the, one of the smartest guys I've, I've ever met, he actually trained his, uh, he actually trained, and this is kind of off, off a little bit off what you're saying, but he trained his front desk staff to run the disc profile verbally on his patients incoming mm-hmm. so that if you were a high D, a high I, you would get a different color folder in your, in your patient chart. Mm-hmm. So it would tell the rest of the staff how to deal with you because mm-hmm. when you deal with people the way they want to be dealt with, it increases their perception of value. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> when you tell that, when you tell that high D, like, hey, here's how it is, just period. It, you know, do six of those, and and basically then go up to the front desk. They're like, oh, okay, I like this place. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, understanding the psychology, like the different viewpoints psychologically that people have, is really important. How you word things, how you deal with them, like you said, that could also be uh, really change the value perception. Yeah. Now in, in your business there, do you have some specific tactics you think like every provider, I mean, let's just talk to those people, like you're saying, coming out of school, they're uh-huh. fresh. They want to make an impression on these patients. They want to basically, they're, they're excited to get into this world of healthcare and insurance be damned. I'm going to make a go of it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Do you have some basic tips you think every new grad should really uh, listen to? Hmm. In terms of like to accomplish what exactly? Well, just to have a, a solid business, like, so you said that HealthFit Biz was all about kind of uh, moving forward and helping them expand, right? Okay. Yeah. I would, I would say like, think about what is the actual problem that you're trying to solve for the patient? So like, for example, let's say they come in with shoulder pain and you're like, well, I do Graston and ART and whatever. They're like, I don't care. Like my shoulder hurts. Can you make my shoulder feel better? And I think that a lot of people come out of school focused on themselves and how credentialed they are and all the classes they've taken, the patient doesn't care. Like, hey, my shoulder hurts. I can't get a cup out of the top cupboard. Like, does, do those things that you're mentioning make that better or not? Like, that's what people want to know. And so I think focusing on, like, what is, the, what is the effect of the problem on the person's life? And, and how, do you, how do you frame things to let them know that you're going to solve that? So addressing every in- intervention you're going to do, we're going to do this dot, 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 so that you can reach those cups out of the top cupboard or so that you don't have pain yeah, I mean, getting maybe, dressed. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the person too. Like some people would be like, look, I don't even care what you do. Just make it feel better. Right. So then if you start to talk to that person about like, yeah, you know, I'm doing ART, I'm releasing, they're like, just do what you do and make it feel better. Right. When you go to your mechanic, you don't go, Hey, what, what brand of wrench did you use on my truck? Uh, right, right. I want to make sure it was this uh, craftsman style. And you're like, exactly. So like, yeah, we fixed you, it. If you visualize yourself getting a problem solved in a field that you are not familiar with, think about what you would want to know. Yeah. I'm going to take my car to the, like my, my brakes are squeaking. Right. So I take my car to wherever they do brakes. And if they were like, oh yeah, we do this technique to, re- I'd be like, dude, I don't care. Just make my brakes not squeak and I got to go drive my car. Like that's how people view us. They're like, dude, I don't care. Just make my shoulder feel better so I can do what I want to do. I'm not, I don't care like how you do it. <laughs> like, right. Do you, do you know how to do it and can you do a good job? Great. Then I'll trust you because I, like, I don't know enough about car mechanics to be like, oh, I need to make sure that they do this and this and this. Like, do they have good ratings on the internet? Do they seem confident? Do they take good care of me? Great. Then I'll pay for that. And then is the problem solved? Yes. I think that's a fantastic analogy too, because like you're saying, do they have good ratings on the internet? Think about a auto shop. So 90% of what, what's going on there, you're not privy to. You, you don't see it, right? It's behind closed doors. Yeah. But why would they have high ratings? Is like, hey, my, my car is not a mess when I pick it up. It's actually fixed. The guy at the desk was nice. Like it's yeah. so basic, and, basic, basic customer service stuff. Well, and, go ahead. and to people who go to a clinic, it's like, it's literally the same to them. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know the anatomy of the shoulder. They don't, like if you went to a car and they're like, yeah, you know, we had to unscrew this and unscrew this. You're like, I don't know the parts of a car. I just like, so if you're like, well, this thing with your shoulder, some people might really want to know that. Other people are just like, I don't know. I'm worried about everything else in my life. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't care about my PXV valve or whatever uh, you had to replace. Yeah, yeah you know? ex- exactly. And I, and I think that we get so 
focused on our own area of expertise because we're in school for so long. We're trying to learn. We read and take courses and stuff. We forget what other people's perception is of their body, of what they're trying to get done. We will return to our interview with Ryan DeBell right after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. There's one uh, steadfast rule in business is your customers are only want to hear about one person and that's themselves. They don't <laughs> care about you, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I saw the same thing a lot, like, because um, one of the areas that I'm growing my business in is digital products, like programs to help people. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, let's say someone had a shoulder problem, they're not necessarily going to go see someone immediately. A lot of times they'll find solutions. They'll look for solutions on the internet. Okay, So a lot of people make digital products. And one thing I noticed was that a lot of people were putting like on their Black Friday sales, they were saying, get 30% off my, all of my products this weekend. And it's like, no one who's going, no one who's a potential customer is like looking, be like, oh, I want 30% off your products. They want 30% off of something that's going to help them. Of, of their solutions, right? Yeah, that's what exactly. they're looking for. It's like, yeah. it's like a very egocentric message. Whereas the person's like, look, it's not about you. It's about like my thing that I'm trying to fix. So if you were like, hey, you know, lose, like, let's say it was a weight loss program. You could say like, start losing weight today. All programs are 30% off to help you meet your goals. Like that's a very different message than like, get 30% off these cool programs I wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that kind of thought process can be applied to all areas of business. Yeah. I had somebody tell me one time, it, you know, if you ever want to know what to say to a customer in a small room, imagine you're up on stage, you know, you would never say, I am so-and-so and I am certified in this and I am certified in that up on a stage, right? Yeah. If you're up on a stage, you'd say you, you, you as much as you can. And that's exactly how we should pitch it. Uh, exactly. You know, one-to-one. So, well, very cool. Can you uh, kind of take us through a little bit of that? The, you're talking about the, your health fit biz, like that, mm-hmm. that kind of, uh, what do they, what do you guys offer over there to these clinicians that are maybe looking to expand? Yeah. So, um, well, we have the primary free resource that we have is the podcast, which, um, as I mentioned before, are about 15 to 20 minute episodes on different topics. So they're and not long rambling interviews like this one. They're actually like short uh, lessons, right? There's short lessons that it's like one or two actionable things to do. So it's very action-based. Like, okay, here's this thing that, that Anthony and I have been thinking about that's been helping us. Here's the challenge for you if you want to take action on it. And then done. So if people want like short little tidbits, it's more uh, that. And then if someone wants a longer form conversation, it's, you know, that would be just a different podcast. Um, and, and then um, the two products that we offer, we offer a, an online course, which is really setting the foundation for clinicians and gym owners and trainers, et cetera, to understand how to scale their business and why and what they really want to accomplish. A lot of people want to grow business, but they don't really think about why and how, what their time looks like, how to value their time, how to, how to like think about the revenue possibilities and what they could do with that revenue. So that course has like, uh, gosh, 
I think it has like 70. We made a check. Like we don't consider people to have completed the course unless they finish the checklist that goes along with the course. And I think there's like 70 actionable items. Wow. So if people go through the course, they've, they've completed 70 things they wouldn't otherwise complete, which could be like a thought exercise, like a thought experiment, or it could be optimizing or automating some sort of uh, process within their business, things like that. So there's 70 of those. Wow. Yeah, so this is like a real, a real MBA. This is how MBA should be uh, in 70 easy steps for a, you know, a fraction of the cost, right? Well, I don't know. I don't have an MBA, so I can't speak to the curriculum of an MBA. But you're talking about, I mean, an MBA, I always laugh. It's like, you know, like they don't even talk about delegation. And it's like, can you think of anything more important if you want to scale? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we have a section on delegation. Like, for example, like, I think one of the check, I haven't looked at the checklist in, in a while. I should probably know this off the top of my head, but something like delegate three, three things that you have been doing that you shouldn't be doing yourself. So like mm. the course isn't complete unless you now have changed something that you're doing. Cause like what we don't want to, we don't want people to buy Like this is a side business for both of us that we don't need revenue from. Like it's not about us like selling this course. It's about actually getting people to make changes in what they're doing. And so like, that's why it's like, look, I don't, we don't just want you to watch the videos. We want you to actually do this because that's why you bought the course is to actually change. And like, if you just sit around and watch the videos and but you don't do anything, like you just wasted your money. You have to actually right. do things. And so that's why we have the checklist so that like, this is the thing you have to do. It's clearly defined. Then the other item um, or product that we have is the, um, what used to be called the daily domination journal. Mm-hmm. We made a, a, that was a 30 day journal essentially how to organize your day and structure it for maximal productivity and like thought process. And so we, we actually launched that one year ago yesterday, I think it was. And we just sold the last copy last week of our Congra- initial Congratulations, man. That's huge. Thank you. And so our, our second version, which is called the daily growth journal. Uh, we just actually, they, the first hundred arrived today by air and the other several thousand are arriving by sea in like six weeks. But, um, those will be available very soon. And that's a 90 day journal. Um, but what we did was each day there's a, there's a daily challenge. So there's a little checkbox and then a daily challenge that we designed to slowly chip away at people's deep habits that limit them from creatively growing their business and enjoying their lives. So can you kind of go into that? Cause I think there's a lot of people going, Oh yeah. Like there's all these, you know, there's, there's all sorts of journals out there. Yeah, Right. But right. And, but what, and the problem with all these journals, it's like write down three things you're grateful for, write down yeah. three things. My that dog, make, my washing machine. Right. And then and it's, it's good it's friends. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing every day, <laughs> which can be good in a certain way. But I think that, I think that those products are severely lacking. And so in, in the journal, there's a daily, the daily challenge. So for example, if they start off easy because behavior change is challenging. So one of them might be go to the store and buy a vegetable that you have never eaten before and eat it. So, wow. so what yeah, that, that's good. So what that does is it makes people like realize they can actually do different things than they normally do because most people get so stuck in their habitual routines that mm-hmm. breaking out of it seems weird. And so if you can slowly break out of your daily routine, suddenly it's like you can make changes in your business with less friction. And so like that can be a gradual process, you know, especially people coming out of school. It's like, you've been given a schedule by the school. Here's the schedule. Here's your, here's the testing schedule. Here's when your breaks are. 
when you come out of school and especially if you start your own business, there is nothing. You have to figure it all out. And, and like developing that flexibility of thinking is not easy to do. So there's 90 different challenges throughout the 90 days. And we, what we did was we thought about every category of life that could affect the way someone thinks and how their, how their mood is. And then we broke those down into uh, progressively more challenging tasks. And so those are sprinkled through the journal. And then, and then in the journal, there's also like, if you could only accomplish two things today that would make today successful, what would those two things be? And then at the nighttime section, there's a reflection. Did you do those two things? And then probably the more important question is, if you didn't do them, what, what could you have done differently today so you could have accomplished those tasks? Because you, you have to evaluate your own actions so that in the future, you can improve. So you have to know, like, what was I trying to do? And then if you didn't do them, why not? How could you have changed your day? How could you have structured things differently? How could you have put yourself in a better mindset? And then there's a, uh, a section for time blocking to block out the time to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. So it's really like a lot of journals, I feel, are they're great to kind of feel good, but they're sort of fluff. Like this journal was designed, like, if you actually want to take what you do. And. And it sounds like, you know, a lot of them are designed to, oh, own your morning and your emotions and, you know, your positivity and you're right. going, hey, this is to change your business. Like, yeah, this is it's very focused. Yeah. And it's like, it isn't just like quotes that make you excited, like quotes <laughs> that make you excited. Like those are good. Like if you need motivation, it's very helpful to have that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you actually have to do things differently. Like if you want something to change in your business or your life, you have to do it differently. And that can be hard. So that's why we slowly chip away at it. We try to build a structure that allows people to then place, um, you know, items in their day and their life into it so they can actually increase their productivity, which, um, and like one of the things too is like, we want to give people some of their time back. That's huge because that's, that's the only, when you, when you feel like you're, you're struggling against, you know, you're struggling against the waves and people are like, oh yeah, you're going to grow and build these systems and do this. You're like, there's no way. Like I, I can't even keep my head above water now. Right. Exactly. And that's because there's no, there's no structure to how you're th- they're thinking about their problems. There's not a systematic way to execute. There's, you know, you're not prioritizing the things that are like going to give you returns without additional input. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of pause there real quick? What are some things you see people doing a lot of that you're just like shaking your head going, come on, man, break out of here. There's, this is not checking their, checking their phone 5,000 times a day. Hold on. Let me check my Instagram here. Go on. What what else? (laughs) If people stop checking their phone notifications, you would probably gain like two hours a day. Oh yeah. I turn my, my notifications to silent. So if there's a text, it'll pop up on the screen, but it won't actually make a sound. I don't, have it's any, a, I don't have any notifications. Well, you're like, better than me then. You know, uh, I, I was I just saying that it, just getting it rid that. of the sound. Yeah, no, but, just getting rid of the sound. It, I was impressed or I was surprised at how much that just changed incredible. your psychology. Yeah, well, you're not doing the Pavlov dogs, man. Yeah, I know. So I was thinking about this. I was like, why should I let an app cue my behavior or like prompt my behavior? For example, if I'm reading something and I'm really into it and then a, a text message banner pops down, I immediately cannot continue what I was doing. And so like I'm choosing to let someone else or some app break my focus. And then like, it sucks me into this. And then I start like, you, you can't get anything done if you're doing that. 
No, it's, it's totally inefficient. Trying to do five things at once, which is answer the text, read that novel. And by the way, not just read, but learn from it. That's the whole point of why you're reading. Exactly. And then say, Hey, how could I take action in my life? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think like if people turned off those and then also time blocked, like, Hey, you know what? For one hour today, I'm going to read about some marketing thing. And then tomorrow for one hour, I'm going to build some marketing system that I can set in motion versus mm-hmm. like, uh, like kind of jumping from one thing to the other. Like what, like focus on building one thing to completion and then move on. And that's again, why I think like it's important to not be interrupted by like train yourself that interruptions of your focus are bad. Because if, if you're okay with a text message interrupting your reading, then you're really not valuing your ability to focus on one thing until you are done. Yeah. Now, were these learned behaviors on your part? Or, I mean, did you screw this up at first like everybody else? Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a train wreck. Yeah. We'll talk about that transition because I'm sure people are like, oh yeah, it's easy to say and yeah. you sound so perfect. And they see the, here's the thing, like when you see the movement fix now, when you go on there, it looks clean. The production's perfect. You have great guests, you know, you're, you're interviewing Gray Cook, but it, it, it didn't always start out that way, right? No, there were a lot. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I'll be very frank about it. Like, so I did a, I did a video every Monday for like two and a half, three years in a row. Um, and there were a lot of Sunday nights where I went, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do, like, I have no desire to make a video. <laughs> and a lot of like self-doubt for sure. Where I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, why do I, why am I even doing this? Like there were some, definitely some low moments for sure. How, when did that change? Like what point were you like a year and a half in? Was it, you know, your 200th video? I don't think it ever changes. You still have doubt? It's good. I think, I think so. I, still I think it's good for people to hear that because like when they're like, hey, I'm going to do this marketing system. I think that there is like a fear there that, that you have to go, what, what will I be like when it's, this is successful? Yeah. And, and am I comfortable there? Because you're going to get some people recognizing you in the supermarket. You're going to get, you know, yeah. people calling you and thanking you and doing all that. And are you truly comfortable with that idea? Yeah. And so like, for example, back when I started teaching workshops, um, like probably in 2013 or 14, like I probably had mm-hmm. to cancel half of them. Like, because wow. they, cause I didn't sell enough spots. So, wow but I kept doing it. Cause I was like, I think what I'm the message I'm trying to get across is important. So even though like, like 50% you're like, you would not pass a class. <laughs> so like that's but, failing, that's failing. Right. But like it's failing uphill in marketing though, 50% you're, you're the greatest market on the face of the earth. If it works. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, now it's probably like, you know, I mean, it's higher than that, but it's certainly not like there's still ones I have to cancel. And it's still, when I have to cancel a class, I'm like, wow, have I like the thought that I have personally is like, have I just been, have I just been coincidentally lucky so far? Like that's the self doubt thought that goes through my head. And you know, if, if other people have that thought too, it's like, that, I think that's kind of normal. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm sure that there's some people going oh, Thank God this is good to hear. And I think that's one of the other things, by the way, about that distraction of shutting off those notifications. When you're in that like ping pong state, when you're bouncing th- between five different things. There's no time to pause and get confidence in what you're doing, whether that is reading that book and understanding that book or planning out 
you know, some project you need to do for your office. There's no time to build that inner confidence because you're, you're constantly like dipping your toe in the water, dipping your toe in the water, dipping their toe yeah. in the water. It's like it's, dive in. It's, it's literally the worst thing you could do. And like, there's such a, an amazing sense of satisfaction when you actually complete something. And if you can just put the desire to like check notifications, apps, stats, et cetera, to the side while you solely focus on completing something and then it's done, it feels so good. It feels so much better than that short little gratification you get if you're, you know, people like your Instagram post. (laughs) That's the real satisfaction when you actually see something that you've, that was in your mind and then you made it real and it's done. Like that's really satisfying. Just out of curiosity, in the last like six, six to 12 months, what's the most satisfying thing you've completed? What's something people can look at and go, man, that, and you can tell them like, that was a struggle. That was, you know, that was a marathon effort, but I did it. Um, I was the, taught, was the journal like that? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. The journal. Yeah. The journal version 2.0 took me forever to get done actually. But, Anything that comes overseas on a boat usually has a couple headaches involved with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I found that out when my books got stuck at customs for like a month. Um, I think what I decided to do about this time last year was I wanted to teach classes in places that were very far away as a challenge to myself. So I taught a class in Belgium and then I taught a class in Estonia and then I taught a class in Sydney And and then like trying to extend that to places that aren't just local, Mm -hmm. it was, it was hard. I mean, I had to figure out like, how do I, do I need a visa? Do I need, like, how do I do that? Like, how do you market Mm -hmm. in Belgium? How do you market (laughs) English primarily? Sure. So that was, and then simultaneously while that was happening, I made like three training programs. So like that was a lot of work at once. And then, like I had all these half done programs that I, w- I was just like, I have to get these complete. So what I did was I canceled like one of the things that I do, that's certainly a flaw is like trying to do too many things at once. I mean, I think a lot of people do that. And so I probably canceled like four pending projects I was doing just so I could focus on bringing one to absolute completion and bring it to market. So it was available for sale. And, and that was, that was really hard for me to take a lot of things away just to bring one thing all the way to final product that a consumer could purchase. Yeah. It's, it's funny because nobody ever, you know, they think uh, I, I'm just going to, it's, I don't know how to say this. It's like, I'm going to finish this project and you realize it's not the bulk of the project. It's the little tiny details associated with it that really <laughs> yeah. just are salt in a paper cut. I mean, it's like, there's no big wound here, but my God, it's painful. Right. Like how many times I had to go back. So like one of the things I wanted to do with my, the programs I made was like, I wanted them to be beautifully designed PDF documents that were as clear as possible with the way the programming was written, with the wording, the way you watch the videos, like minimalism, but with the most information conveyed. So it'd be super easy because you're talking about less information. I hack and forth. Yeah. The, the number of times I had to go back and forth with the designer because there was one little semicolon or there was there was one little space that was messed up and I'm like, I can't, it has to be like, like the way it's written has to be the, the same from day to day. And like, I probably went back like 30 times and then thumbing through the whole thing, looking for these, making sure all the links worked correctly. And that, 
and there's like, you know, 200 link words in there. So to check all those, make sure, because even though the designer tells me it's done, I go through and click them. And some of them are still like not linked to the right video. Like that's the hard, like, like making the, like having the idea and having the vision is fun. Going through the scrappy details to bring it to a place where it's like a completed is really challenging and tiring, like really tiring. So yeah. but that's, and that's the last 5%. Like the fun right. stuff's done at that point. Like the exciting stuff is done. Yeah. I ran a, <laughs> I ran a marathon and I'm, I'm a big dude. So I, you know, I'm not, but I just did the marathon as a training thing. Uh-huh. And the amount of effort it took to go from mile one to 13 was like eh, 7% of the total effort required to cross the finish line. <laughs> it was, it was like a exponential growth model. And when I was at 24 and a half, I can remember there was a, I don't even, you, you wouldn't, anywhere else, you wouldn't have called it a hill. It looked like a, a parking lot where a shopping cart could still not roll down. <laughs> but I was looking up, up and it was like, you know, I just had to climb like six inches over the course of like a quarter mile. And I was like, oh, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. But that's how some of these projects are, man, which is what's such a huge deal. So if yeah. people are like, if they're in that state, you know, if they're, if they're struggling, like, hey, I want to grow my practice. I want to do this. I want to become that person I dreamt of. Cause I think I always say like maximize your license and live the life you dreamt of because I don't know about you, Ryan, but I had these dreams when I was in chiropractic college, like, Oh man, you know, I'm going to be making all sorts of money with this license and I'm going to you know, do this for my family. I'm going to do that right. for myself and do this and blah, blah. And at some point insurance, whoever, you know, real life, whatever it is, time clock, it all just starts crushing and just eating away at those dreams. Right. <laughs> and at some point you got to just, Hey man, I'm going to achieve, you got to decide either either the insurance companies are going to win or you're going to win. And you got to make the decision. When you do, yes, it's going to be a hell of a fight. And what, you know, I hope, I hope everybody here is listening. Ryan is saying, you got to use certain tools and weapons and tactics. Like time blocking is your weapon against, you know, the modern world we live in. But if you employ those, you can grow, right? You can grow exponentially. Yeah, I mean, like if you want, like, can you imagine playing a game and you, you didn't know the strategies, like you would get destroyed. But you didn't know, like if you played Monopoly and you didn't know like, oh, I can, if I own all three of these, I can put hotels on them. It's so like, you're just like not putting any houses on your, on your Monopoly properties. Right. And like, so do, like incorporating these things is, it's like you have to understand how the game is played so that you actually can win. Right. <laughs> And by the way, it's not, uh, it's not set up. Nobody's going to come forward with an instruction book, but that's essentially what, your, what your, your journal is, right? It's like an instruction book of, hey, here's how to kind of start to break out of the matrix. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, the matrix. That's a whole yeah. other topic, but. Uh, it's not, but it's not total pathway, right? Like you're not going to no, be able to stop bullets, but at the first point where they're like, you know, yeah. it's different. They're trying to explain to them that, hey, you can get out of this they're trying to explain to Neo that he can get out of this. He just has to believe like, that's what your journal's doing, right? 90 days to, to yeah. realize there is a matrix. How about that? Yeah. Because as soon as you realize that, like, you, and that's, again, that comes back to why we put those daily challenges in there to realize that you can actually change more than you think. You're just stuck in thinking you have to do it the way you always did it. And that life okay. always has to be the same and it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's huge. I mean, look at, look at what you've done over the last couple of years of developing this whole new 
I don't know what you want to say, these whole new strategies, pathways, uh, instead of just going into an office and just trading time for money doing, you know, yeah. one-on-one treatments, which I, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's bad. I, there no, are, it's you just know, that's one of many great routes. Care. Yeah. And, well, our, and, so our, our first episode of the Health of a Business podcast really talks to that point, which is, okay, we have a concept of what we call 10 or 10,000. Okay. You could help, let's say you could help 10 people in a, in a day at your office. Okay you could help them at a very deep level. Right. So if, think about it like area under the curve. You can help 10 people at a high level. So that the area under the curve would be you know, a certain amount. Then if you, had, if you could help 10,000 people because of the, a different, let's say, style of business, like let's say health business or one of Anthony's companies or Movement Fix or something, I can help maybe 10,000 people in a day via videos or podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. but I can't help them at as deep of a level. Mm-hmm. So the area under the curve might be more, it might be less. It just depends on like, how do you want to approach your career? Do you want to like, and you know what? Some people really value the depth they can help one person at or 10 people or a thousand people over a year or whatever, or 10,000 people in a year. And it really depends on what are your strengths. For example, like I don't do well working with people one-on-one. I just don't. I do much better thinking and asking questions and trying to challenge things and trying to teach things simply to a lot of people. Like that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Like, and I had to come to terms with that. That's just who I am. And that wasn't easy. So. I'm like, sure it wasn't, it wasn't too easy being in a profession where you essentially uh, elected one-on-one, huh? Right, exactly. And then I realized like, you know what? The way I am and the way I think and the way I view the world, like it, it's not for me. So then I used the skills that I have to still help people, but a larger number, but at a smaller depth. And that, that's okay. Like there's a place for that because there's a lot of people who have shoulder pain, for example, who aren't going to go to an office and they're going to look for a solution online. So I might as well offer the best solution to them or a solution that like is really well done. That's how yeah. I think of it. Um, and then other people, like they, like some of my friends that I went to school with, they love the one-on-one. And that's great because then someone can go see them for one-on-one. And if they have low-level issues that they're not going to pay someone for, but they're rather they're going to look on the internet or something, then I can help that person. And it's all a big web of people trying to help other people, like decrease their suffering and stuff. So That's great, man. That's how yeah. <laughs> well, as we kind of wrap up here, um, you know, we, I feel like we've been all over the map and that's probably my, me being distracted by, you know, the life, because you're saying so many things that I just resonate with, but, you know, we're talking to great chiropractors and, and telling them like, you know, keep pushing forward, keep doing those amazing yeah. things. You're talking about, Hey, a lot, if you're great, develop a great business. And, and I a hundred percent agree with that. Like break out of the matrix and really look at what you want to do long-term, you know, mm-hmm. cause if you can get people to look just three years down the road, like if you're, you know, I was talking to a guy today, he's 38 years old. Like, what do you want Christmas to be like at 41? What do you want to, yeah, what do you want to have under the tree for your kids? Like, think about those kind of emotionally charged times and thoughts and then kind of backfill and go, am I, what I'm currently doing, is that going to get me there? Or is that going to move me at least closer to that so I can reach for it? You know, it doesn't have to get you all the way there, but does it allow you to get closer? So your, your journal will help kind of rattle that etch-a-sketch and kind of get them yeah. started on a path moving forward, right? Right. And then, and then if not, 
what can you start doing right now to change the course? Right. And that's really where I think that's where the rubber meets the road. Like then actually changing what you're doing. Yeah. By the way, that's not easy thinking. I don't want you, I don't want anybody listening to think that uh, I'm, I'm brushing this off as simple. Like some of that deep thinking and admitting to yourself, like you had to admit I'm not good one-on-one. That shit is hard, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge identity crisis. Like we did, you know, many episodes. Actually, we did one particular health and business episode on like identity crises being Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it wasn't, I took a personality test, the, um, 16 personalities or Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. And I was reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really, really scary how correct this is. <laughs> and, then, and then one of the things it said is like, this person does not do well with one-on-one work or something like that. And I went, oh, okay. Got There's it. where that friction in my life has been coming it's, from. Exactly. And then I go, okay, well, how do I use what skills I do have to still help people? Yeah. It's not like you oh. can't, you know, and some people listening to this might go like, I, they can't relate to that because th- we're just like different types of people. And other people might be listening to this and going, yeah, you know what? I can relate to that. Yeah. You're and talking other, right to me. Yeah. yeah and, and so can you still help people the way that they need to be helped, but find a way that works better for who you are? You'll probably be way more successful <laughs> like, because when you actually enjoy it and there's not that friction, it, it makes it way easier to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Well, uh, along those lines, uh, in our final minutes here, uh, you know, you just brought up a great point. Something that doesn't benefit Ryan or me, but will benefit you, the listener greatly is, you know, take a Myers-Briggs and, you know, this, as we're coming up on the new year right now, this is being recorded right before the new year, mm-hmm. you make this the year you understand yourself and then everything else becomes easy, man, you know, yeah, but uh, where can people find you, get a hold of you? Can you, can you sling my listeners a special deal on that journal if they want to kind of get out of the matrix? Yeah, sure. We could do a, uh, a coupon for your listeners, Clinic Gym 10. Okay. We'll get 10% off the new journal, which is um, at healthfit.biz forward slash journal. Is where say, that, say that address again for us. Yep, healthfit.biz, B-I-Z, forward slash journal. And then the coupon code, code clinic gym 10 one zero will, um, get, uh, actually I'll make that $10 off. So it'll actually be 30% off. Woo! So we'll go, that, man. we'll go $10 off the journal, uh, for your listeners. I appreciate that. And then, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then from that site, can they find all these other resources that you spoke of on that site is all the podcast episodes and the online courses on that site as well. So that's, okay. that's where people can find the, the business resources. And then um, Movement Fix is the movementfix.com and the Movement Fix podcast. So that's where those things live. Fantastic. All right. Well, Ryan, man, you've provided a ton here. Lots to think about, um, uh, especially for those people who are really, I'm sure that at some point in this conversation, they thought, you know what? I think there's some friction that I can handle too. So I, I encourage everybody, man, think about that life you dreamt of years ago and, and what will it take to achieve that? And that's all I'm going to say. You got any last parting words for our listeners? Just take action. Do it now. Don't there wait. You go. <laughs> yeah. Well, on behalf of Ryan DeBell, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying maximize your license and live the life you've dreamt of. Thank you so much, Ryan. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.